The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast weekend preview. I'm Emma's Kennedy alongside my good friend at the Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! If you have not done so already, I strongly suggest you listen to our National Hunt chat with Danny Mullins. Uh, Danny gives us his take on some of the top Willie Mullins horses, some dark ones to follow, a lucky 63 for Cheltenham, <laughs> and he is very open and honest about the difficult life of a jockey as well, particularly when you're thrust into the spotlight at a young age. Um, Kevin threw some really good questions at him. At one stage, I wasn't quite sure where Kevin was going with it, but... Um, uh, Danny, open and honest, um, a really good podcast. Very much enjoyed recording it, and uh, we'll have Danny on the show again very, very soon. Hopefully, although his relationship may very well have now ended with the lovely Serena, because they were meant to go to dinner, and Kevin was like, "Do you have five minutes there?" And twenty <laughs> twenty five minutes later, we're still talking. So I think their table that was booked for a fine restaurant may very well have been cancelled. So it's all it's all a devious plan by Kennedy to try to wiggle in with Serena. <laughs> uh, I had nothing to do with it, nothing to do with it whatsoever. But, but um, you told me to keep you told me to keep asking the questions. I did not, and Serena Sack's going to be coming for you, Kevin Blake, coming for you. And uh, I reckon she'll start telling rumors to producer D. To make D rethink things. Revenge is a dish. <laughs> Best served cold, Serena. Don't forget that. Uh, the first race we're going to talk about is live on At The Races. Five past four at Doncaster. It is the last group one for juveniles in Europe of the season because the previous one will have been run earlier on At The Races at 2.45. We'll talk about that next at Saint-Cloud. Uh, it is the Vertum Futurity Trophy Stakes. What is that, I hear you ask? Well, once upon a time, it used to be sponsored by a newspaper. But you may have realized that that newspaper is now hemorrhaging staff. So they're not going to be sponsoring a Group 1 anytime soon. So John Dance stepped in at the last minute and he is sponsoring it instead. I think there's an incentive there as well for some of the staff. So well done, John Dance. Um, Couldn't remember the name of it yesterday. It's the Vertum Futurity Trophy Stakes Group 1, it has been won by some top horses over the years, including some top Aidan O'Brien horses. And it's not insignificant that they have supplemented Magna Grecia, which Donica O'Brien will ride as Ryan Moore is going to be Dan Ander. We'll talk about that later on as well. Uh, he is currently a best-priced 11-8. to 8. You might be able to get 13-8, to 8, but I don't know how much of that you can get on. Uh, Turgenev for Gosden and Dettori. 4-1, to one. Phoenix of Spain, 11-2, has looked a smart colt at times. Circus Maximus, go on, you good thing, you. 16-1. <laughs> and um, did, no, did you hear that? Did, did you hear that audible gasp of the uh, of the audience that we have here? They're shocked and amazed that Emmett Kennedy fancies Nathan O'Brien colt in the Arca silks. Oh, and he's been <laughs> caught. He's been caught. Wayne Lord and rides. Happy days. Out of... <laughs> Out of Duntle by Galileo. Now is the time. 
Step forward and claim your prize, Circus Maximus. So, Kev, it's a it's been a significant race over the years. Obviously, it went to Saxon Warrior last year. Um, I remember getting a great kick out of Marcel winning this race, but Camelot, St. Nicholas Abbey. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, the ill-fated St. Nicholas Abbey. Um, and Authorized won this, and, and his Marcel's trainer was very, very bullish that Authorized would go and win the Derby, and that's exactly what he did. Who is the horse that really stands out for you in the uh, Vertum Futurity <laughs> Trophy Stakes, the John Dance it'll, race? It'll uh, be rolling off the, the tongue before we finish it, today. It will, yeah, yeah. In the John Dance race, who really rolls, who really stands out for you? But just before we start on it, I've really enjoyed this week. ATR have been pushing out on social media some of the old winners of this. Mm. And, um, oh, it's been fun. You forget about how, how good some of those horses were winning this. St. Nicholas um, Cam- Abbey bolted up. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Cat- Camelot winning it like it was a piece of work. Yeah. Um, motivator going back a bit further. Um, it, it's been a super race. Saxon Warrior and Roaring Line last year was obviously super as well. And it's a really interesting renewal, I think. You know, often we have... A, a pretty hot fav for this race but i don't think you, you could describe um, magna grecia as that at the minute um and there, there's just interesting horses with interesting profiles here you know we we characterize this race as one for you know our mile and a half horses of next season mm-hmm. um but there has been an element excuse me there has been a slight element of, of uh more milery types contesting it in more recent years, which I think has been interesting. Um, I think a couple of trainers are, are being a little bit clever and, and saying rather than maybe going for something like the Jewhurst, they'd rather come on here and take on some of the, the stouter types with uh, perhaps, or perhaps a miler in the making. And I'd say Magna Grecia would very much be a miler in the making and um, would be my view of him. Um, he's by Invincible Spirit and they haven't had a heap of those in Ballydoyle, but he's obviously a world-class sire. He's out of a Galileo mare. And, you know, Invincible Spirit himself was a sprinter. I think if you look through his very best progeny, um, by and large, they're sprinter milers. There's been a few that, that have, you know, d- did well that's further than that, I suppose. Um, Lawman would be the one that would spring to mind, won the, the French, the, the Prix de Jockey Club. Um, you notice the way I, I took a pull from calling it the French Derby there. Yeah, and, uh, yes, well done, and, and, well done. And born to see, who, who may or may not have stayed a mile and a half, I don't really know, but he he stayed better than than most of them. But this fella, to be fair to him, he was very good first time out at Nace. Um, we've talked about it all season long, about um, how Aidan O'Brien hasn't been having many winning debutants. And my concern with him going forward to the autumn stakes what was a good renewal of the autumn stakes at Newmarket last time was that he might just not quite know enough um, to compete at that level um, I, I had a big big opinion of Persian King, King going into the race and as it transpired the two of them got involved in a right tussle and Persian King was just a little bit stronger on the day um, and at the time I, I, I right in the immediate aftermath of the race I was a little bit disappointed with Persian King I was hoping he'd put on a show um, but the more I've looked back at the race in, in the fortnight since, you know, or, or not not quite a fortnight, but nearly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I'm more taken with the level of the form. I think it's probably a better race. You know, Magna Grecia is probably better than I was giving him credit for at the time. And 
he shaped a little bit better than the bare result as well because the fear coming forward into a good race like that off the back of one run coming out of Valley Doyle is that they'll be too raw to do themselves justice. And you watch the race and he, he, he jumps he jumps smartly enough, Magna Grisha, but he, he, he soon upsides Persian King, but he, he actually kind of falls back through the field a little bit. And I don't think it's by design. I think he's just a, a struggling for a little bit of pace on what was very firm ground. It has to be said, and he just didn't travel all that well, and he's fully well off the bridle with three furlongs to go. He's shown his greenness a little bit under pressure, shown his greenness a little bit down into the dip, but he's picked picked up away all the way to the line and made what you know I still think is is a Group One colt in the making in Persian King worked very hard and and only a neck in it. You know Persian King coming into the race with much more experience, perhaps a smoother run through the race. And this Colt made him fight. And I'm quite impressed with that. And, you know, it's a tough ask for Magna Grisha. You know, the Autumn Stakes came just two weeks after his debut. This race will come just two weeks after the Autumn Stakes. So it's it's been a, a heavy enough schedule for him, a, a steep learning curve. But the way he shaped the new market, I would expect him to come forward again. And um, I think Doncaster as a track will suit him. Um, it's, it's a bit more orthodox and uh, level, if you will, um, compared to Newmarket. Um, the little bit of an ease in the ground that we're probably going to have. It's currently good to soft and there's an odd shower knocking about, so it's probably going to be on the easy side of good. And certainly would seem highly unlikely to be any firmer than good. And I think that will help him. Um, he does lift his knee just a little bit. and It was a concern for me going into Newmarket that coming down into the dip on very firm ground might just catch him out. But um, he seemed to handle it well. But I think this this slight ease in the ground will help him. And in a field where we have um, an interesting mix of, of horses with, with proper group form in the book and, lo- and others with loads of potential coming from maiden and novice races, I, I think he's very much entitled to be fav. And I think he sets the bar quite high. Um, which might surprise some people because I'd imagine the other people would have Phoenix Phoenix of Spain in mind as uh, the standard setter here. Yeah, I was going to um, ask ask you about him. He's also been very taken with. Yeah, look, I thought he was good at York. Um, I was quite impressed with him there. Um, did the job in good style in, in the Acom. Um, went and took on too darn hot at Doncaster. And that obviously looks better now, but... I suppose there's two ways of reading this. You can say he finished within a length and three quarters of too darn hot, or you could say he's beaten Cardini by two and a half lengths. Um, and Cardini, you know, has been a bit of a disappointment. He very much has has a level. He's been well beaten since and meeting Phoenix of Spain. And, you know, while Phoenix of Spain probably should, you know, be okay um, over the extra furlong, um, you know, he's bred to probably be a miler. Um, I just, yeah, I would have Magna Grisha's form ahead of him right now. And given that that was, Magna, you know, given that Phoenix of Spain has had double the number of runs of Magna Grisha, uh, four versus two, and given the overall profile, mm. um, uh, you know, of a steep arc for improvement we we expect from two-year-olds out of Ballydoyle this year in particular, um, I'd be very hopeful that Magna Grisha could step up again 
in which case it, it would make him very tough to beat. 20 grand is chump change to the lads, but how significant is it that they've supplemented him for the race? Ah, like you say, chump change. You know, he was he's obviously the one that they think fits best in the race and they put him into it. Um, you know, the main probably the main concern I'd have for his chance is just that it's his third run in a month. But, you know, we've seen horses coming out of Bally Doyle having having much more strenuous schedules than that and and thriving for it. So mm. just the very fact that he's willing to do it suggests that he thinks he, he's well able to cop it. Um, so yeah, look, it's a small but unoriginal, but he he'd be very much the one to beat. But it's it's certainly not a two horse race. There's a few others in here with loads of potential. Yes, indeed, Kevin, there are, and uh, one of those horses is clearly Circus Maximus because he wasn't that far behind Magna Grecia, and on that line through Persian King, you have to give him a chance. Do you you think he'll turn around three lengths with uh, with Magna Grecia? I think he's a horse who can improve. And Three is, lengths, and at is, least. And is bred to. Being by Galileo out of Duntel. <laughs> he's going the right way now. but it Checkmate, take a, a Blake. Fair... Checkmate. Checkmate my arse. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Um, you know, he's coming in with more experience than Magna Grecia. And to be fair to him, he has taken two good leaps forward with each of his starts. But... Um, he'd need to take a fair jump forward here to get on top of Magna Grecia. Assuming Magna Grecia not just reproduces the new market form, but I'd be kind of assuming he'd go forward himself. So, um, yeah, the, the circus will need to will need to really fire here, I think, to get on top of Magna Grecia. Okay, Magna Grecia thirteen to eight. Uh, my point with Circus Maximus is it is an each way race, and he's sixteens. Oh yeah, sure. Hey, good luck. I uh, wouldn't wouldn't knock it too much for all that I do enjoy slagging it. Um, <laughs> but there, but there's some others in here as well that we'll just mention quickly. Uh, I'll make an attempt here. Uh, Rakib Al Hawa, uh, trained by David Simcock. That's not I'm a seeing... bad go, actually. That's I think right. I think I'm close enough to the mark. That's there. okay. Yeah, the Kingman. Uh, trained cult. by. Yes, and tell you what, Kingman has made some start. He has, to be fair. He's had he's had some lovely horses, um, you know. He's I think he's had he had a winner yesterday, and I think I might have read it was something like his twentieth winner of the season. But he's just had some proper ones, you know. Calix, obviously Persian King that we just talked about. Um, Sangaris, I think is still a lovely prospect. Yeah. And there's just been a, a few really nice winning debutants as well, and this was definitely one. Um, because he he seemed totally unfancied on debut with Newbury, um, he was quite green, and you know hands and heels ride, uh, and just got on top close home, and you know dashing uh, he beat dashing Willerby, who's uh, declared to run here, um, you know obviously is well thought of as well, um, and, and he he sticks in my head a little bit this racket about how because. He was a contributor to one of the big pin hooking stories of the sale season just gone by. Uh, because his half sister, by Nona Never, um, was bought as a foal last year for fifty-two thousand uh, by Glenvale Stud, which is Flash Conroy, and was re-offered at the Arby sale at Goffs there a few weeks ago. And he made, uh, sorry, she made seven hundred thousand. Um, Somebody did very, very well for themselves. Yeah, and that, 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 that
that filly. It was bought by MV Magner as well, so she landed up in Ballydoyle, you'd imagine. And uh, this update w- was very much the talk of uh, of the sale, really. You know, I think it was it was as well as known and ever, obviously, very much coming good. Um, yeah, I think there there was plenty of talk about this update, and um, and how she uh, how he could go on to enhance the page um, pretty quickly. Um, and funny enough, the the it's a it's a family that Dermot Weld had Dermot Weld's mother, and um, they raced um, they raced the dam Starlet. And um, they sold her only last year, I think, um, which they'll be kicking themselves for. But such as you know, such as the nature of the game, unfortunately. Yeah, um, you talked about something similar recently, and we are going to do a Bloodstock show just when it's a little bit quieter, and um, we can do two: one that focuses on on flat racing, one that focuses on on jumpers, because there was a number of questions, a lot of questions on Twitter about. Uh, national hunt stallions and um which ones favor certain tracks for example um like national hunt stallions that are very favorite to to cheltenham for example so we are going to do that but stories like this i'm sure are going to come up in it and it's just the way it is it's that gamble kev isn't it that at times if you feel it's not working out you have to cut your losses and unfortunately sometimes when you do that that's when the horse suddenly excels Oh, it happens, you know, that's life. You know, you'd, you'd hear some horrendous stories. <laughs> Jeez, I remember a story, oh, it was probably 10 plus years ago, and I won't, I won't name the horse in question because I'm not sure I've got uh, I've got the memory 100% right in my head, but an older mare and that uh, the breeder sold the mare to a fella in exchange for a second-hand horse box. And oh. six months later, six months later, her two-year-old won a group one. <laughs> You know, sometimes these things happen. Oh, and that horse box look, better have been fancy. But but like the worst, and I know you know stories like that would scare the life out of people ever selling a mare. But I think if you're a commercial breeder, you know you have to you have to be tough and make decisions and and and, and sell on the ones that aren't working out because if if you keep everything, that's the, that's the fastest way to the to the poorhouse. I think. Um. So while. You know, sometimes you'll get you'll get bit in the arse by one of them. Um, generally, if 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 you don't think they're working out, you're probably right. Mm. Um, but that this is one of those cases now where somebody's actually look. They didn't give her. They didn't give the mayor away. She made one hundred and seventy thousand, I think. Yeah. Um, but somebody got got a bit of value there. I'd, I'd say. And look, that hundred and seventy thousand. I'm not. I I have no idea what the situation is there, but that could have been reinvested very wisely and it may very well end up working out really well like everyone um criticizes elvis's first agent for selling (laughs) his rights but if he hadn't done so he would have gone out of business and he ended up having a very successful career with a lot of other artists it was just that if he didn't sell the rights to elvis when he did he'd have gone busto so yeah look and i think you have to if you're being fair and it's the easiest thing in the world in in not just in bloodstock but in life to be a smart arse after the event when you've all the information i think if you're if you're being in in any way fair you have to put yourself in the shoes of the person that made the decision with the information that they had at the time they made the decision yes and then then evaluate you know whether it was fair enough or not yeah. Um, it's it's too easy to be oh sure how, how could they sell that mayor she, she, she produced the group one winner afterwards you know as if they knew it was always going to happen you know that's yeah. that's just not that's not beneficial to anyone but anyway um Terzhenev is another one we we better mention um and this this fella 
is a nice colt. He's a nice colt, and he's another one that is just leading the way with what is quite a phenomenal year for Dubai. Excuse me, for Dubai with his two-year-olds. It's uh, it's phenomenal, really, because up until this year, Dubai was you know a world-class sire, no question. But his two-year, he wouldn't he wouldn't be known as as a sire of two-year-olds mm. at all, at all. Um, so prior to this year, he he'd never had a colt to win a Group One in the Northern Hemisphere as a two-year-old. Um, I, I think he'd he'd a colt to win one down in South Africa. I think he had two fillies to win Group Ones as two-year-olds. Um, and prior to this year, I think the highest-rated two-year-old he had was you know 114, which isn't that high at all. And this year he's too darn hot, which I think is he's now rated one two six or one two five. He's quarto, another Group One winner, rated one two three. And um, this fella, who I know his, his rating isn't is is far from that level yet, but he certainly has the potential to be very nice. Um, and it's just remarkable, really, that, that it, it's happened so quickly. Because it's you know normally with sires the the old patterns they they tend to get fairly stuck in stone. Um, uh, but this, this all of a sudden in the space of one season uh, the whole scene has tra- has transformed for Dubai and trainers as well Kev could get stuck in a routine in the sense that they might look at a son of Dubai and go well you're going to be a little bit backward this year and we're going to get the best out of you next year so we'll go easy on you now and then, yeah, then we'll absolutely. up again. and yet for whatever reason Charlie Appleby is known to just go for it with uh, with Quarto maybe these ones have been burning up the gallops I don't know but but it is quite a remarkable turnaround that a well established world class stallion who wasn't known for his two year olds is now all of a sudden producing two year olds of yeah, immense that's... quality that's it, like, and there's always, you know, in everything in life, there's always a chance that you'll get an exception. But for a number of exceptions to come around in the same year, it seems quite remarkable. Um, whether this is just kind of a bunch of exceptions that happen to cluster together, or an indication that maybe they're they're mating the sire a little bit differently, and we might see more of this in future. Mm-hmm. You know, only the fullness of time will tell us that, but. It's certainly really interesting and something I'll be keeping a very close eye on. So Turgenev is drawn in stall one. Magna Grecia comes out of stall 11. Is the draw any kind of a, of an interest for you here? Um, sure, look, we'll keep an eye on the races leading up to this and see if the jockeys are favouring one part of the track or the other. And when there's a bit of an ease in the ground, um, you know, in England especially, they'll often go exploring and try to find the, the fastest patch of ground. I wouldn't like to make assumptions uh, without seeing a bit of evidence but th- this is a real good race um, and there's there's others as well and I, I, I don't really fancy the horse but I'll just mention him because of his sire um, King, King Ottaker who's by Motivator who, uh, who won this race he, he's coming in with, with a similar profile to his father his father was, was a once raced um, unbeaten maiden coming into this for Michael Bell back in 2004 God we're old Johnny Murta and uh, bolted up in this and of course went on and, and won the derby the derby indeed um, yeah and trained by Charlie Fellow. Oh, 14 so. years oh, we're old man we're, we're getting old no we're not because a lot of our listeners would be similar age. although I've been noticing um, on track that we have a lot of young listeners which is great because there's this fallacy going around that 
We can't get young people into racing, you know. What are we going to do? Well, we better play Dizzy Rascal after racing at New Zealand. <laughs> that, little, bit of, little bit of Dizzle. Yes, you know, that'll attract the, the young ones. Florence and the Machine, are they still popular? No? Little Mix, then. Get, get them. You know, get Little Mix there. And, well, that'll attract the young, youngsters. Young people love racing. A lot of young people do, and um, we very much appreciate the young listeners that we have. Thank you very much. Uh, but it's be- it's all, I tell you, it's unbelievable how many young listeners we have. Yeah, it's it, huge, it honestly, huge honestly is. Uh, the majority, definitely the majority. And um, I, I was getting questions about the Cheltenham preview that we did in Reardon's with uh, a certain man who's in headlines for all the wrong reasons in Australia. Matt Chapman. <laughs> and, um, people, for all the right reasons for people, once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good man, Chapman. You should have got stuck we'll, in we'll, more. We'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll about talk that We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But people, Re- Reardon's took photographs and put them up on, on Twitter, which I was sharing. And, um, and people were, were getting in touch with me saying, is that just a young venue? Did it just work out that young people were there? Or do you actually attract a young crowd? for your for your nights and yeah we do attract a young crowd but the great thing is that we also attract a crowd of all ages and that's the thing that that i love about the sport and um and thankfully touchwood thank god long may it continue in terms of the podcast as well um what do circus maximus and magna Grecia have in common with the exception of their trainer five four Pedigree base? Three. Two. Is it pedigree base? One. No clues. They're both owned by the Niarcos family. Really? Yeah. Circus Maximus is owned oh, okay. by he's, the he's lads. Got, got a, if, okay, they've got a share in they've yeah. got a share in Magna. Okay. Yeah, in the same way Circus Maximus has a share with the lads and Flaxman Stables. So <sighs> Everybody Everything wins. Loves the Niarcos family. Everybody wins in terms <laughs> of the Niarcos family. Is he your final selection, Kevin? It's unoriginal now, but I think Magna uh, could be very nice, and he might just have a bit too much pace uh, for some of these stouter types. Okay. Uh, I think I think Magna. I suspect Magna will end will end up being um, a miler, whereas quite a few of these will be going ten and twelve next season. I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, Western Australia, you would imagine, will make the running for Michael Ossie. And Circus Maximus picks up the pieces and lands the massive each-way gamble. Right, the 245 at saint Cloud is also a Group 1. It's a race that's been won by Aidan O'Brien uh, a number of times, including by Irish Derby second, Fame and Glory. Didn't he finish second? No, he won it, didn't he? Because Sea of Stars didn't run oh, in the Jesus. Irish Derby. No, I can't remember. I think Fame and Glory won the Irish Derby. Um, because oh, he, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Did he win? Did he win this? And he won this. Okay, yes, he did. He won this race uh, before going on to Ascot Gold Cup glory as well. So Norway, who looked quite good at Newmarket uh, the other day in the Zetland Stakes, he seems to be the selected runner with Jamie Heffernan on board. Uh, Side Ben Saror. Did you hear what Matt Chapman said about Side Ben Saror? <laughs> I really like that story. I really did. So for those of you who uh, decided I can't be bothered sitting through 26 minutes of Matt Chapman, uh, he he got on stage and one of the first things he said was, uh, you know, sitting down there at uh, table 
10 or table 26, whatever it was, is Saeed bin Saror. And um, Saeed and I text each other. You know, nothing wrong with that. It's just we text each other. And whenever Saeed has a win, he texts me, easy money. Easy money! <laughs> so is he going to be texting Christos Sumion at the end of the Criterium de saint Cloud? Would shoot for gold. Easy money with this son of Sue the Stars. We shall see. I absolutely love that. And it also proves my point that the Godolphin boys, the boys in blue, are indeed with the little bags <laughs> up and down the lines. But now we know that they're going up and down the lines. And when the horse goes and wins, they're stealing my line and they're going easy game slash easy money. <laughs> told you uh, do you want a brief sidetrack go on <laughs> did you see the, the picture doing the rounds on twitter yes i there, did the, i did about, of a about, of, about of the, a kevin keegan side been no 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 not that one not that one <laughs> what's the other so, one so, uh, about little yeah did you see this no <laughs> some poor lady <laughs> bought a packet of microwave noodles from little oh and there was and, a dead uh, mouse in it yeah, she oh. she microwaved them and opened it, and the mouse was there was a dead mouse in there. Yeah, but one of the one of the commenters, best comment of all time, all it said was Stuart Little. <laughs> and then somebody did a graphic of uh, of Stuart Little starring in a little based movie. Uh, in all fairness, that's actually disgusting. That's, that's terrible, isn't it? Oh, it's disgusting. Uh, that's really bad. Oh, how did she? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, Norway was really good last time out, Kev. I'd be sticking with him. <laughs> that was a random sidetrack. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, you know, I, I, the Zetland Stakes was a funny race. Go on. You know, by 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 its nature, the Zetland, it, it it's uh, you know, it's ten furlongs for two year olds. They're all stout types, and they cantered and sprinted. And Norway was well positioned. He was sheltered from the wind. He was well on top. But I just don't know whether he 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 might not be the best horse in the race. And Sydney Opera House was behind him, but it bottled up, had a nightmare run. Um, definitely better than the bare form. He was only beaten three lengths. You know, it wouldn't be a shock if he significantly closed that gap or even reversed it. I would just be wary of reading that form um, as we see it. Okay. And uh, I've, I've no idea what the prices would be here, but if Sydney Opera House is a significantly bigger price than Norway, um, you could do worse than, than maybe give Sydney Opera House another chance. All right. No betting as of yet, which is frustrating. Come on, odds compilers, get down to it, uh, get to work. Miguel Barcelona, uh, and, and, uh, and we of course know that the French horses are useless. So this yeah, will come down no to uh, this will come down to the Brits and the Irish. <laughs> yeah, John Gosden is sending over shambolic just to prove the fact that the French horses are shambolic. How many how many runners do they have here? Uh, Let's just work this out. Archie Watson, Aidan O'Brien, Andrew Balding, Said Ben Saror, Aidan O'Brien again. They've yeah, four one. of the four of the ten are French. That tells you all you need to know. Uh, so you would be in favour then of Sydney Opera House if he's a price for Miguel Barcelona. Yeah. 
Yeah, it wouldn't be a strong opinion now, but I would be very cautious of that Zetlin form until we until we see it play out in, in more orthodox circumstances, which okay. we should do here. Okay. Uh, Norway stayed 10 furlongs, no problem last time. He'll stay 10 furlongs this time, and he'll look like a derby winner by the end of the day. Um, Pedigree Corner. Oi, oi. Seven furlongs at uh, Leopardstown in the second race of the day. Uh, and there is a horse in here that you want to particularly highlight, and it's not Barbados. No. Um, this is just another example of what, what's a really interesting thing that um, that Coolmore are doing, um, because the, 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 the high-class problem they have with Galileo is that they, they, they have so many nice... So many of their nice broodmares now are by Galileo, or have a lot of saddlers wells in them mm. that it's just that they, 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 they have to go kind of on the search for suitable mates for high class mates. And they went, they've pulled a really interesting one here, a horse that fans of international racing will remember really well. Um, Atlantic jewel, you know, she was a bit of a superstar down below in Australia. She was trained by Mark Cavanaugh, and she, she was a bit of a superstar now. She won 10 of her 11 starts. She won a heap of Group 1s over a variety of trips. You know, she stayed up. She stayed a mile and a quarter down there, but she was, you know, um, she won a Group 2 over six furlongs as well and uh, was just a very, very good filly, a good race mare. Um, this is her second foal. The horse is called Pacific Ocean. He's by Galileo, obviously. And, uh, and he's entered up in the second race at Leopardstown on Saturday. And it's a race that has produced some lovely horses, as you could have guessed. And the horse now known as the Cliffs of Moher oh. uh, won, won this race two years ago. Ott had a future classic winner, won it the year before. Um, there's plenty of big pedigrees in here. Uh, so, yeah, um, Pacific, Pacific Ocean. You know, as we've seen, might not might not quite be sharp enough to do himself justice first time, but on pedigree, he's one to keep an eye on with a view to the future. Cause that's a she she was by fast well, she is by fast net rock Atlantic Jewel. So it's not totally unfamiliar um to those of us in this neck of the woods. But going further back, it's uh you know, it's very much Aussie blood, which is which is largely the attraction. And we've seen it we've seen a good few of those in Pedigree Corner this season. Um Galileo, two year olds out of Australian mares. And uh, this this would be a very prominent one. Atlantic Jewel was a was a proper proper horse down there. Yeah, and, and by, by which by which I mean you know Group Three class in Europe. Yeah, of course listed you would say really. Listed, this is slash Group Three. <laughs> L- listed cl- slash Group Three, maybe high level handicapper, but you know Galileo will upgrade her. As a, as a stallion and, and could very well produce something good uh, interesting that she's still the Aussie owners are still involved in the ownership she's owned by the Atlantic Jewel Syndicate but rest assured the lads are firmly involved in that and in fact she carried Sue Magnus colours when she when she raced in Australia and uh, and you're right you've highlighted a number of, of Australian horses one who ended up being unraced for Aidan O'Brien but um I guess when you think of the fact that Coolmore have such a a strong footing in New South Wales and a strong investment in Australian racing, that it, it's only it's only going to be something we're going to see more and more of. 
his Australian mares coming up to uh, to Ireland and being bred to Galileo and his like. And um, yeah, it'll it'll make things interesting. That is the only race of any interest to Kevin Blake uh, at Leopardstown on <laughs> Saturday. He does not want to talk about well, anything well, else. Well, pre pre decks, pre decks. We get to the big race of the day, three forty five. ITV4 racing over three miles for the first time is the mighty Moon Racer. He absolutely bolted up at air on Scottish Grand National Day. Of course, we all knew, and I've been telling you for months, this was the long-term plan. <laughs> if it hadn't come down with a bucket load of rain, he'd have won the county hurdle doing handstands. Moy it! I mean, don't get me wrong. It's all very well and nice to see, uh, you know, Moyed go and win for Dan Skelton. Great win for Bridget Andrews. You know, she gets to go and and uh, and get a nice kiss off the boyfriend who she's beaten. You know, it's 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 a lovely sight, and it was a grand story for the Friday and all. But you know, the the moral winner of that race was Moon Racer. His wheels were just spinning on ground that were completely unsuitable. <laughs> Up to three miles for the first time. He'll carry top weight and he'll go and win and he'll win quite easily. That's all I have hold to on, say. Hold on, hold on. Would he not be able to get qualified here? Not at all. Not at all. This horse has <laughs> higher aspirations than getting qualified for <laughs> a feckin' old attempts at Cheltenham. <laughs> oh, Lord. Or time will tell. Time will Goes tell. And wins. Racer bandwagon da- rolls on. David Pipe is back, baby. He's back in top form. <laughs> and Moon Racer wins. Don't you say you weren't told. Uh, the 235 at Cheltenham, Kevin, because you have no view on that race or any interest in talking about it because you know I'm right. Um, we will see. We have a dream run. So the last time we saw We Have a Dream, he ended up missing Cheltenham. But he got the better of Gumball by a considerable margin when the two of us were there together at Aintree. Um, Radishian is a surprise inclusion, I think, because We Have a Dream is a very short price favorite and has now suddenly drifted all the way out to five to two. Uh, and Radishian has come in for uh, lots of cash. This is the horse who was absolutely stuffed in the Triumph Hurdle by Farkla. Irish horses obviously outclassing the British opposition. And um, yeah, there's been a fair bit of money coming in for, for him. So any particular thoughts on the Masterson Holdings hurdle? No. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Uh, we shall <laughs> take it along to Galway. Galway on Sunday. Galway oh, yes. on Sunday. Um, and Kevin Blake, sound the alarm because she's out and ready to run. We were talking about this on the last podcast, not the one with um, Danny Mullins, which I highly recommend that you listen to. The previous one, how thankful we were to Jamie Codd for getting out the shillelagh and going to town on Getaway Katie May. Now, the good thing is that she wouldn't have been in any way harmed by that because it's an air-cushioned whip, so it doesn't hurt. But he got himself a nice old holiday, but at the same time landed... A white touch. 15 to 8 she was in the day. Um, probably got there a little bit too soon, but went off and got the job done. And now, Kevin Blake, she races in the colours of J.P. McManus. 
Yeah, getaway Katie May, a really interesting prospect over hurdles, you'd have to say. Changed ownership, as you say. Um, you're coming from the point to point fields, you'd hope she'd be well, well able to jump. And uh, this would be a really interesting starting point for her. It's a, it's a mayor's maiden hurdle. I'd imagine she'll be long odds on, but I'd just be hopeful to see a, a nice positive uh, starting point for her good experience, win well. And um, yeah, could make up into a contender for the mayor's novice hurdle at Cheltenham in the fullness of time. And uh, the other interesting race at Galway on Sunday is the, the maiden chase over... Uh, two miles, six and a half hour long. It's because this is a race with a bit of a history. Big time. Uh, last, last year, it was won by presenting Percy. Oh, yeah, uh, go a little bit further back. Don Cossack won it. Uh, last installment won it. Jesse's Dream, China Rock. You know, all uh, grade one winners um, in the fullness of time. And there's some nice horses entered. Do, I sorry, know, sorry. Don't, don't you mean the Jerry Hannon famous commentary of, This is the real China Rock! China Rock goes on one side and punches down. What he meant by this is the real China Rock, I'll never know. But anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor old China Rock. He was a good horse. He was all right. Um, but yes, significant that two Gold Cup winners have come out of this and um, in, in in recent years. And Don Cossack and presenting Percy. Is there anything... <laughs> You've already christened the Gold Cup oh, winner. He's, listen, he's home and hosed. Home and hosed. Game over. Uh, if Native um, River, if Native River is the biggest challenge to him, then you may as well hand him the trophy now. Oh Jesus, big talk. <laughs> so, so who's the one that really catches your eye in this race? And there's a couple here. There's no, there's, there's a, the problem here is that, and we talked about it with Danny with, with the lack of rain in Ireland. A lot of trainers having struggling to to school. Um, they're chasers on grass, which most of them would like to do before they go, uh, before they go chasing. But you have Blow by Blow in here, who's a horse that we highlighted as a potential four miler uh, for Gordon Elliott. He'd be an interesting one starting off. Uh, he he handles a, a nicer surface, no problem. Cheltenham Festival um, winner. Yeah, Delta Work, another Cheltenham Festival winner. Um, won that that exciting renewal of the Partemps that. Um, that what's his name should have won by half the track. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did he win? The Pertons. The Pertons. <laughs> that um, Glenn Lowe should have won by half the track. But there we go. Track. Oh, shocking stuff. Um, Dortmund Park is in there as well. He's another very interesting chasing prospect, and, and that's pretty much it. You know, Gordon holds the holds the aces there. Whatever he runs will probably win, and um, we'll just hope for a good positive start from from whatever lines up. Um, speaking of Gordon, obviously predominantly he's dealing with Gigginstown House Stud and there was that story very recently that Gigginstown have taken away their horses from Mouse Morris and given them point to pointers instead but he does have Last Man Standing in here who's owned by the lads um, would he be of any interest to you? Um, yeah, looks nice horse but it wouldn't have formed the, the same level uh, as the ones we we discussed there, um, could well step up for fences, but um, yeah, I, I'd be favouring those that, that were previously mentioned. Okay, and you have said on this show on many an occasion that if it's deemed as though you are not performing, Gigginstown won't hold back; they will move the horses on pretty quickly. And Mouse Morris has done very well for them over the years, but the last season and a half hasn't been the best and they took action 
Yeah, look, he won a won a gold cup for them, won a grand national for them, uh, won Irish nationals. Um, but look, that uh, I think the last few years have seen Gigan Sound really narrow their base of trainers. Um, I think that seems to suit in their minds. It suits them better, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And and um, yeah, Mouse has lost a, a a good few there. I think he's still going to train point to pointers for them. But, yes. Um. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. We've seen it before with Gigginstown, and um, they're their horses. They can do exactly what they want with them. Um, they've done it before with, with good trainers like Mouse, and um, and yeah, look, it is what it is. Hmm. Um. Well, Eddie O'Leary listens to the show. It's tough. It's it's tough. It seems tough, but it does. There you go. It does seem quite harsh, but um, Eddie listens to the show, and I'd like him to keep on listening. So um, yeah, I'm not gonna tell them how to run their business unless I'm in a mood, in which case then I will. Uh, Cloudy Dream, I'm sure, will be finishing second yet again in the Monet's Garden Old Roan Limited Handicap Chase at Aintree over 2 mile 4, 3 o'clock on Sunday, uh, because that's what Cloudy Dream does. He finishes second, even though he's now with a new trainer, Donald McCain. Uh, So this will probably go to Vanessa Riles' beloved modus for Paul Nichols. Back in action. Has Cloudy Dream had a wind up by any chance? If he has, it's not declared. Well, if, if they haven't declared it, they'll be in trouble. But no, just just curious. I always thought he looked like a horse that might have a bit of an issue with his with his breeding. Hmm. And often when a horse goes to new connections, that's exactly what they do. But uh, no mention of it there. Friend of the show, Mark Huglin, his value at risk is entered as well. He wouldn't be without a chance. Yeah, fabulous horse. Owes owes nobody anything at this stage. Yeah, and Javier for Emma Lavelle, who hadn't run since the 7th of May 2016, came out and won at Utoxeter back in September and uh, and did so quite well. So, yeah, there you go. There's the old roan for you. Kevin, again, not interested in talking about it. Uh, is interested in discussing the veterans handicap chase, though, because good old Bywise is in here. And you talk about oh, yes. <laughs> you talk about wind ops. Pendra's having his second run after a wind up, so fire up the bullets. We're gonna get all the cash back. Fire up the bullets. <laughs> yep. Load up the gun. Load it up. One bullet. Oh, bang bang. Job done. <laughs> Uh, I really like veterans chases so I wish we, yeah, we there's brilliant. a handful in Ireland I wish they, they had more of them I'd love to um, see one at the Cheltenham Festival ooh controversial I wouldn't mind it I'd love to see um, one there I, th- I think I think it'd be nice in many ways but again we, we don't really want to encourage further dilution uh, of Cheltenham but I think that, that, that the sentimental side of me would enjoy that I think that would have a place there I think that would have a place there uh, we're going to see beat that Bally Broker Breeze, Pendra, Bywise, uh, Bishop's Road is entered as well for Kerry Lee, doing fine, He's, and Double Ross. They're all horses who've who've had their day in the sun, uh, but which of them will be getting their day back in the sunshine this time around, Kevin? Oh, I have no idea, but she's beat that. Look, some horse at one stage, didn't he? Oh, he looked a superstar. What did he beat at Punchestown? He was very, very good at Punchestown one year over hurdles. He beat a real good horse. Yeah, he came um, over and he beat. Uh, was it Sadashamp? Was it was it Sadashamp so. he beat? I get a feel here. It wasn't Sadashamp, I don't think. I have a feeling it might have been Sadashamp. It was. 
Ton Poli. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Uh, yeah, beat, beat him in the three mile novice hurdle there. I, I mean, um, yeah, I knew when we came over that, I mean, obviously I stay with Jesse. And it's, it's a great experience. I love, love being there. That's the only reason I wrote Sprinter over. But when he beat Don Poli that day, I knew I knew he had a star. And if it wasn't for the injuries over the years, he'd, he'd have won five gold cups. But, you know, that that's the way it goes, old boy. Well, you know what happened? You know, Don Poli just ripped the heart out of him. Yeah. And uh, he didn't win again for literally four years. Yeah. And uh, Don Poli did that. <laughs> but Don Poli kept winning. He kept coming out Oh, of course he did, yeah. Of course he did. But uh, but he just, he destroyed beat that. Uh, it'll be interesting race 150 at Aintree. Speaking of interesting races, Mooney Valley at 11.30, <laughs> uh, we will see, I think this is Saturday morning, U.S. Navy flag. We were only saying it the other day. Will that be his final race? No. He runs, and he's a bit of a price. You can get six to one about him. Uh, Ryan Moore is in Australia. He'll be uh, taking on, uh, some say, the best horse in the world. Others who are sane say she's all right. Uh, he'll be taking her on the next day. So the lads are well-equipped. U.S. Navy flag, the July Cup winner and European champion juvenile. You can get six to one about him after his Everest blowout. He's back. We were talking about this the other day, and he is back for more. Uh, he'll be joined by Spirit of Valor, who's going to be ridden by Ushin Murphy. Fleet Review, who's got Kieran McAvoy on board. Tulip, who is not Aidan O'Brien trained, but is a filly who is owned by the lads. And Emmett McNamara is over there for the journey as well, riding Intelligence Cross. So will US Navy flag be back in the winner's enclosure? Kevin Blake, good ground. Go out, make all win. I hope so. I'd love to see it. Um, I just hope he you know, jumps on terms and gives himself a chance. Um, and look, they have a, a strong enough hand here. You know, Spirit of Valor is no joke. You know, Fleet Review is a very good three-year-old as well. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it'd just be an interesting smash-up between, um, you know, to be fair to the US Navy flag, like he's not far off the best sprinter we have in Europe. He's up amongst them anyway. Um, and a few second stringers as well down there. So it'd be fascinating to see how how he weighs up against the Aussies. I just hope he just breaks clean. We get a we get a fair race and we get to find out. Hopefully, you will see it uh, Friday morning, eleven thirty on at the races, and then Saturday morning, uh, we're setting the alarm clocks early for seven oh. Well, I was going to say seven a.m. and that will be a little bit too late. Six fifty should be enough. Hit the snooze button. Be up at six fifty-five, and then we get to see. Winks against Ben Battle against Rostropovich because the rest don't count. They're all a bunch of also rans who are absolutely useless. Uh, you and I were talking about this yesterday. Matt Chapman. Now, it's not often that we defend Matt Chapman, but he was asked to give his opinion on what is the British consensus of Winks. He gave his view, and then Chris Waller just showed what a class act he is with the comments the, uh, that he had to go and make about Matt Chapman afterwards. And to, to, be, to, be, to be fair to Chris Waller now, that sort of thing, and Chapman said it himself, that sort of thing can read very badly. But 
if if we if it was said on a podcast, if we had Chris Waller here, said, "Hey, what do you think of what Chapman said?" Chris Waller would say, "Hey, yeah, bit of a dickhead, isn't he?" <laughs> you know, and it, it it sounds totally different. It's, you're just having a bit of a laugh, like. But when you see it on a quote, yeah, he's a bit of a dickhead. It um it makes you think that it was said in seriousness. When I very much I doubt it was. I very much doubt it was. To be in fairness to Chris Waller, I'd say he's probably got a bit hard done by. But you know what? I actually love all this stuff. Oh, I do um, too. I love all this stuff. I love, it's not even needle, but it's just a bit of banter over and back. We're, we're so polite in horse racing. I just wish that Chapman, if Chapman had probably, if Chapman had known that, you know, if he, maybe he wasn't, I'm sure he was aware of it to an extent, but if he realized just how precious the Australians are about wings, I would, I would have, I would have, he should have went over there and gone full heel WWE style and just started go dropping bombs on them, just going nuts, telling them that they're they're all a bunch, they're all a bunch of they're scrap heap horses, and Winks isn't worth two bob. It would have been fantastic. <laughs> it would have been fabulous. It, it, just good fun, you know. Um, some people don't like that sort of thing in their sport, but I, I like to be entertained. <laughs> and, um, I love I love all that sort of stuff, and it's been good fun. You know, Peter Moody, who's well able to sledge. You know, he got on with ATR this morning, and it's good fun. And some people don't get it. Some people just don't get this stuff. Just the same people that don't get what, you know, for example, a Conor McGregor or Tyson Fury is doing before a fight. They just don't get it. They don't understand what they're doing. And uh, it's great fun. And I think you you have to suspend, um, you know, don't take it too seriously. Have a bit of a laugh. And it enhances the thing. It gets people emotionally involved. Yeah. And uh, and it's a great thing, and you know Chapman, um, you know raised some very fair points. You know he said nothing that I I didn't certainly didn't think anything he said was remotely controversial. I agree. Um, but as I found out myself, having wrote about Wings a couple of times down through the years, um, her her fan base, uh, it's like a religion, and they just will not have anyone saying anything other than this is the greatest horse we've ever seen. And they just won't have it. They, there's and look, there's there's definitely valid arguments you can make in her favour. There's definitely value, valid arguments you can make um, against her opposition. And look, I'd be in the same camp as probably most people are. Like I, being serious for a second, and we, we've had great fun with Howl Winksy over the years. I wouldn't re, I wouldn't too strongly question um, the notion that she's a world class racehorse. You know, I think she is, and that she'd probably you know be compete in group ones and probably win group ones anywhere in the world within reason. Um, but it's just difficult. And I think what annoys the Australians as much as anything is they see it as disrespectful that the rest of the racing world has the view or much of the racing world has the view that we don't know what she's beating. She needs to travel to prove herself. And they take that as disrespectful. But the reality is without, and, that's, I think, the most interesting wider discussion that can come of this is that the Australians are probably a little bit victims of their own success in that they have a very healthy racing industry down there. Prize money is exceptional. Yeah. You know, the ownership base is exceptional. And they have a situation down there where they don't need to travel in financial terms. They have wonderful prize money. It doesn't make a load of economic sense to run the likes of Winks at a Royal Ascot because they have so much money on offer for her down there. But the problem is, and the problem that creates, and it it is very much played out, 
in that it creates a situation where there's no incentive to be adventurous, to go and to test Australian horses on the international scene. And I'm not just talking about Royal Ascot, Hong Kong, America, Dubai. Dubai. They just they just don't do it. It's very rare. Even but in, they in do. Hong Kong, which but they very do, seldom. Kev. And, they don't. And, and here's no, they do. And and here's the thing is that you could make the argument that oh well, Winx is a mare, so what's the point in going international with her? You know, there's loads of prize money in Australia. You don't have to prove anything. Well, Black Caviar travelled. Black Caviar went to Royal Ascot, and Royal Ascot means an awful lot to the Australians. And and that's yeah. a, that's a mare. They went for it, and she should have gone for it too. And the only thing I will say is that. I could see the defense being that if you don't want to go to Royal Ascot, it's because you're afraid that you will hamper her ability to go and win a fourth Cox Plate, which is history in the making. But now you've got a reasonable, pretty pretty damn good European horse in Ben Battle. You've got a pretty damn good European horse in Rostropovich. And if we spoke about this yesterday... They could easily get fraction early e- fractions easy enough under the lead, and I know that it, these races turn into a sprint, and she ends up kicking on and going winning them. But just imagine if she can't reel one of them in, then that failure to go and travel to Dubai, that failure to go and win a Queen Anne, which she would have absolutely bolted up in, no problem at all, blows up in their face because. History tells us how difficult it is to win four cox plates. Um, I'd be delighted for her if she does it. I really will. And we'll give her full praise on Monday's show. And uh, there'll be a humble pie in front of Kevin. There'll be a humble pie in front of me. And we'll Just both. There'll be, no, there be no humble pie for me. There, there will. Because <laughs> no, I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm not saying. I, I, look, and that's the thing. You've People had enough goes at her over the time. You'll eat the humble pie just like I will. Ah, but, but, but you'll, know, you'll, you'll notice, Kenners, I have never had a go at Winx herself. I've had a go at her connections and their lack of adventure. And it's not so much this year. And I don't really want to knock um, an Australian mayor for not being sent down to Royal Ascot because, you know, what they did with Black Caviar was exceptionally brave and adventurous. Yeah. You know, because it's their winter, you know, with a mayor especially, that's very, very tough. And what they did was was, was made her a legend in my eyes and made her connections and legends in my eyes yeah. as well. So I don't want to knock her too much for that, but she should have gone on her travels at some stage, you know, be it to America, be it to Hong Kong, you know, Dubai. Those Those meetings fit more in with with her Australian schedule. And it's not just that, Kev. It's also this idea of constantly playing the, yeah, you know, we might, yeah, we're thinking about it. You know, it's definitely under consideration. It was never under, you never once wanted to come to Royal Ascot. So just come out and say it. Yeah, that would be be my view Just come out and say it. Just say, look, it's a fourth Cox plate. Do you have any idea how much this is worth? Do you have any idea the prestige this is? It's only been done once. This horse will be cemented in history forever if she wins this. We bring her to Europe. We take her to to the UK. We could harm her preparation. We could do something wrong. We could we could throw that opportunity away. We we can't risk it. I'm sorry. It's very nice to be asked to go to Royal Ascot. We're not going. We're focusing on Australian racing. You want to send one of your horses down to us? We'll gladly take you on. 
prize money's yes. there. But no, but they played the, the game. Oh, we might go. Oh, yeah, you know, well, we're definitely thinking about it. We're tempted. You were never tempted. Yeah, but see, this is just the over to, to complete the, the point I was making. It's just that the fact that it's so unattractive in many ways for them to go traveling, that is ultimately what will, uh, what will cause, what will continue. What am I trying to say? It'll basically be, be the, what causes there to be an ongoing disrespect for Australian form, especially beyond sprint distances. Mm. Because the reality is we, we just don't know how good it is. We have our suspicions. You know, you're, you know, horses that wouldn't be quite up to scratch in this neck of the woods go down and do very well there. Um, you have the likes of Yucatan bolting up in handicaps. Now, hold, uh, hold on. Just, uh, hold on now. Yucatan's a champion. Let's, <laughs> let's not go too crazy. But we, we just don't know. And until, and, you know, you can talk about, you know, Highland Reel going down there and Vadamos going down there. Highland um, Reel wasn't the Highland Reel that he was as a four-year-old when he got beaten in that race. I, I, well, I, 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 wouldn't necessar- I wouldn't necessarily agree. He went he went on his next start in Hong Kong and, and you know, performed very, very well. But I don't believe he ran up to his, up to his level yeah. on the day. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know, you know, occasionally horses have off days. You know, we know Mooney Valley is a very unorthodox um uh, Greyhound-like track, and um, and you know, and, and it annoys me a little bit when people cite Highland Reel because, it, you know, you have to remember that um, Winks wasn't the only one that beat Highland Reel that day. A horse called Criterion finished in front of him as well. And, well said. Um, have a look at have a look at Criterion's form. He funny, funny enough, he came up to Europe um, earlier that year. And uh, and was he didn't run too bad to be fair to him, but I'm just going to get his form up here to remind myself. But he'd have gotten he, um, he, lapped in a triumphal. No, he he ran all right. Like he ran, he was beaten four lengths in the in what was a, a fairly mucky renewal of of the Prince of Wales's. He was beaten five and a half lengths behind the Arabian Queen and the Judmont. You know, he's not a bad horse, but Highland Reel's a better horse than him. Oh. And there's no there's there's no other great piece of form. He was, went on to be third in the Melbourne Cup. Um, you know, Highland Reel is better than him. Yeah. If 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 Winks had uh, had picked up a stone bruise the week before that Cox Plate and Criterion beat Highland Reel um, by three quarters of a length as he did, you'd say, oh geez, Highland Reel wasn't at his best there, was he? Yeah. And 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 Vadimos much the same. He he ran off with his rider, and um, and didn't show his best either. Um, so I think just again bigger picture stuff, not just to bring it down to being all about Winks. Um, I, I just I think the Australians, if they want international respect, I think they're going to have to be a little bit more adventurous in how they campaign their horses, even if, when it doesn't make necessarily make economic sense, um, because they can't just expect top European horses to be sent down there. It's great prize money. They will continue to be very good horses sent down, but it's not necessarily reflective, you know, because we we just don't know how how close to their form the European horses. Um, are running when they're down there. You know, they've had to, they've had, you know, the impact of travel, com- very different conditions down there in terms of how races are run, the, the surfaces they race on, tracks they race around, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and if Australians want to get to the point where their form isn't being questioned, um, I think their best horses are, are just a, as a, almost a, as a duty to Australian racing as a whole. They're just going to have to go adventuring. They're mm-hmm. going to have to go and race abroad and show that Australian form is as good as they think it is. But right now, you know, I would very much question the level 
of the horses she's beating. Um, and I know you know people will say, oh, she, you know, there's horses rated 117, 118. Um, like the likes of Hartnell has appeared, you know, mm-hmm. very in, in, a, in a very lofty position in the world thoroughbred rankings and what have you. I'd very much question those ratings, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if if a, a fair few of those horses that are finishing close to Winks that they've ended up with inflated ratings to justify Winks's rating. Yeah. Um, and the the other thought, and I don't want to go on about it, but just a, a thought that I'll throw out there um, is that as incredible as Winks is most clearly and has looked for an awful long time, just imagine if Enable or Roaring Lion for their whole career had, didn't have to face anything more than a, than a 115 horse or an often, meet no, often met no better than a, a 110 horse. They'd look like a star every day. They'd, they'd stepped out. You know, they bolt up every time. And, and I can't help but think that that's probably a part of Winx's longevity as well, in that she's just so much better than what she's racing against. She never has to go, go deep down into her well um, in her races. And that, that can only help longevity. And again, it just, it just I look back on Winx, incredible mare, world-class talent, incredibly durable, incredibly consistent, but I just, it, it, it's just a pity, I think, when you have one so talented and so durable that wasn't truly tested. Uh, and it just would have been great to see her against some of the top um, European 10 furlong and, and milers um, over the last few years. And she may well have beaten them. She may well have beaten them. Mm-hmm. But because it hasn't happened, and it's not going to happen this Saturday either, you know, Ben Battle, smashing horse, um, you're one of the best 10 furlong horses around probably but I don't think he, he's world class he's a group one horse but he, he's not world class uh, the world class horses are, are, are back in their stables in, in Ireland and England in the main and uh, it's just a pity I hope she wins because we, we, need, we need stars there's been great old banter over Mac over the years I hope she wins I hope she has to overcome adversity to do it um, because that will only help her legacy if um, if Rostropovich and Ben Battle get the run of the race and she has to overcome poor position or bad luck in running and she pulls it out of the fire, that will only help her legacy. And I, I'd be happy for that because just just for the mayor, um, she she's been a wonderful a wonderful racehorse, and uh, I hope she wins. You know, while the 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 uh, the uh, cynical side of me is kind of hoping in another way that that she's beaten by you know one of the Europeans just for the sake of banter. <laughs> when it re- when it really comes down to it, I do hope she wins. And um, I hope she puts on a show. But we'll wait and see. It's great excitement, you know. I, 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 I've bought into the the whole the whole wings crack. It's good fun. But her career and the uh, the situation surrounding her, I think, opens up a much wider conversation about Australian racing and where they want to be in the world of racing, where they're content to uh, to bang away amongst themselves with wonderful prize money, uh, a wonderful ownership base, wonderful following. Or do they want to be considered a world power in horse racing? Um, and the only way, in my opinion, they're going to do that is they have to get a bit more adventurous. They have to get a bit braver. Um, they have to trim down their program book with their 72 or 74 Group 1s, which is ridiculous. Uh, they have to get rid of their Group 1 handicaps, which is another ridiculous thing that, yeah. they, don't have in, that they don't have in Europe. Um, and, and again, that's for themselves. They might well be very happy with how they're doing. I, I notice a fair bit of commentary 
in the last couple of weeks with some Australian people saying that maybe we should restrict the number of international challengers or make it more difficult for them to get in. Um, and that that is just the polar opposite of the direction you want to go if you want to be a world power. And it ultimately comes down to them. I'm sure I have no doubt that the Europeans will absolutely clean up in the Melbourne Cup and those yeah. questions yeah, will exactly. be raised again. Do, do you know why? That That's exactly the reason why they're thinking oh, maybe we'll restrict the amount of European and worldwide challengers. It's because the Melbourne Cup is going to be a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 for Europe. Um, and yeah, and that's just reality. And if they want that to change, they're going to have to put more emphasis on, on, on breeding stayers um, because they, they just, they're just not producing them. They're reliant on European imports. And, uh, and they're suffering as a result. But look, that's this is just the thing. If you want to be world-class in something, the, the, these things tend to go in phases. And we had it in Ireland as well. You know, geez, when they, and I'm going back a long way now, but when, I'm fairly sure, when they introduced the, the Irish Sweeps Derby, and the Irish Derby, as we know it, and and, it, um, and they, they latched the prize money up to, to spillions, and the English absolutely cleaned up in it for years. Yeah. I'm almost sure from memory, and um, it, it and there was this. I'm sure there was probably the same sort of noise at the time. You know, oh, why, why are we letting the English in here to to steal all our prize money? Um, but they they kept welcoming them in, and they they lifted the standards, and it it drove competitiveness. And Ireland is a became a world power in racing. You know, and you have to embrace competitiveness if if you're going to be a world power. Um, it's disappointing to read such opinions from Australians. I know that's not a universal view, but it's it's a view that's being expressed quite a bit in recent years. And um, I just think it's an interesting case. And uh, I'd, I'd love, it would be, Royal Ascot has kind of unfortunate timing in many ways for Australia. Um, it's their winter. But you'd, you'd love to see them, you know, take on the challenge of the Breeders' Cup, take on the challenge of um, Hong Kong in particular, which is good timing, Dubai, you know, take on the challenge. Show, Japan. show, show the world how good your horses are. Show yeah. us, prove it. And once they start doing that, and the Australian horses start performing on the international scene, all this stuff that they're having to put up with, with around wings, it'll just go away. Yeah, it'll stop. It'll go away. Like you don't hear anyone questioning Australian sprinters because they came up to Royal Ascot and they showed it and they proved it. And you know, that's it's quite a while since they had a real run. In, uh, at Royal Ascot but you don't hear those criticisms anymore no it went it went away because they proved it and uh, their middle distance racing and my opinion would be they have a way to go with with the obvious exception of Winks but I want to see them try I want to see them try and it just because we, we I think it's for everyone's benefit for racing to be as international as possible the, the Australians they, they bring a lot of colour um, the racing supporters are clearly very partisan and they get behind their own and it can only lead to, to to great situations. You know, black caviar coming over to Royal Ascot was one of the greatest things I've seen uh, in, in my racing life. That was just fabulous. Some crack. You know, what, what she brought over and what she added to the meeting. Brilliant. And we know she we know she wasn't at her best and she managed to pull it out of the fire anyway. And it was fabulous. Yeah. And you know, we want we want more of that. We want more. More. And uh, sorry, now I've kind of broached the way from Winks, but it's just it, the the the, the wings situation should hopefully stimulate a wider conversation within Australia, as in, are we going to put up with with having stones thrown at level, at, at the quality of our racing, or are we going to do something about it? 
So look, if we're getting up at 6.55 in the morning to watch out the race's coverage of the Cox Place and Winx is 4-1 to one on a best price, 2-5? to five? Really? Can't be right. Is she 2-5? to five? She is 2-5 to five at somebody. All right, fair play. Mm. Um, Rostropovich is available at 33-1. to one. Um and 28 to 1, 25 to 1 general. Then battle 15 to 2, 6 to 1, 7 to 1 general. Yeah, I think Roster Provich is the bet there. The, I do too. I think, I think and 10 style of running. On, on fast ground is what he was. I think he rattles off fast ground. Yeah. And uh, he'll be up there in the front end. I haven't had a real close look at the race now to see if there's potential. Um, potential uh, opposition for him on the front end, but if he if he got a reasonable sit in front, he'd be dangerous enough now. Very, and and he'll um, have Ryan Moore on board. Yeah, look, I know he's he's slightly well, probably not slightly. He's below the level of the very best here, but he's still a very good horse. Um, and it, it would be fascinating if he got the run of it in front now, um, and Wings could run him down. You know that that would be that that'd be fair enough. You yeah. know, yeah. No, that'd be that'd be fine. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I love all this stuff. You get some cynical old voices there, on, on the tweet machine and that. You know, kind of throwing stones at the bit of the bit of banter going over Mac. It's good fun, lads. It's entertainment. It engages people. This is the sort of thing we need more of. None of you know. We we see enough of the oh yes, nice horse should run well. I wish the best to everyone. You know, we we get we're all very polite. We're all classy people. I know that, but you know, sometimes you need you need a little bit more. If you want to engage people, if you want to get people excited, people that are otherwise, you know, only neutral or, or, or semi-interested, give them something to cheer about. Give them a, give them something to row in behind. And uh, they very much got that in Australia. With every, every Australian will be lashed in behind wings. In this part of the world, there'll probably be a heap of people tuned in hoping she gets beat, which is unfortunate, <laughs> which is unfortunate for poor old wings because, again, uh, she herself has done nothing wrong in all of this. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it, it'll be great to watch. I, I'll certainly be up to watch it, and uh, it, hopefully we get a nice clean race. And um, yeah, we'll have something to talk about afterwards. Cynical voices on Twitter. I mean, who would have ever thought <laughs> it? In all fairness, um, poor old withhold will not get to run in the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, pity. Don't you know? We talked about it on the podcast. It was a brave, brave move going down. Um, after the rating he had, rather than trying to run again and, and go up a few more pounds, because it, it's a hard race to get into, and you know they, they they ended up having to run in the Geelong Cup to give himself a chance of getting in. He's burst the blood vessel, and if you burst the blood vessel down there, you, you're banned for three months. So the dream is over. Um, I feel sorry for Tony Bloom, who I you know I know has long dreamed of having runners and a runner to compete in the Melbourne Cup. So they, they look like they had the right horse this time, but it just hasn't worked out. Um, so there you go. There you go. I'm sure I suspect connections will look back with, with maybe a bit of regret that they didn't go for an Ebor or something like that. But, um, and I'm not being smart after the event. Now we said this at the time. No, we did. Um, but there you go. It's, it's a pity. It would have been a, he would have been a fun horse to watch in it. Okay. Final thoughts. We'll review it all on Monday. Uh, it's a small field on Saturday morning for the Cox Plate. Do you think she wins, or can one of the Europeans go and do her? Um, oh, look, I think she wins in all known form. She wins. You know, she's what, you know, something like our officials, which again, uh, you know, are, are difficult to, to weigh up because we we don't get enough 
crossover of the form from the from the various jurisdictions. But I think she's something like twelve pounds clear with her with her Phillies allowance and all that. So you'd hope she'd win. Um, for her legacy, you'd hope she'd bolt up uh, with Ben Battle and Roster Provost looking to run to their form. But it wouldn't be a shock now if she if she um, had to work for it. Uh, but it'd be fun like I said a perfect world for me she has to overcome adversity uh, and gets up um, you know she she overcame adversity last time and you know much lesser company just from the way the race panned out um, she, you know she's capable of some some freakish uh, closing sectionals and uh, and that's a hard thing to beat but we'll, we'll wait and see it. I think uh, Bowman might have got his fright there and he'll be a little bit he'll be safety first I'd imagine on Saturday morning mm. um, you can only imagine the pressure that's uh, that's going to be on there, and um, with all the chit chat and everything else, um, so it, it, look, it, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be interesting to watch, and um, I she'd win. I'd imagine she'd win, and uh, but I, I just hope the conversation continues, and hopefully it's not the last we see of her as well. You know, I think the the and I suppose it's probably good to clarify before because sometimes, like let's say for example, she was beaten. Um, I guarantee you, you'll get a lot of people saying, oh, she's seven years of age, you know, age is just caught up with her. We, it should be said before the race that absolutely everyone associated with this mayor is emphasizing that she, she is better than ever. It's not, she's not as good as ever. She's better than ever, yep. um, according to her trainer and jockey. Um, so that's something to bear in mind going into the race. Um, so yeah, look, we'll wait and see. I hope it's not the last we see of her. She, she's good for racing, good for debate and chit-chat. And uh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I'll try and stimulate a wider discussion in our little corner of the world if we can. And um, hopefully it just doesn't come down to, you know, the simplistic, oh, she's beaten nothing, she's useless. Um, and, oh, she's the best in the world by a mile. I hope it doesn't come down to just, you know, simplicities like that. And there's a bit bit more nuance to the conversation. But it's it, it's fascinating. It's, be, it's been fun to follow her and have these debates along the way. And uh, yeah, more of the same, hopefully. Links track on the final furlong podcast is brought to you in association with Foster's. Foster's Lager. It's much better than Winks Lager, which is utter piss. <sighs> right. 1960s technology serving us well once again. Winks Lager, eh? There's an actual Winks Lager. I'm sure it's nice. I'm sure it's lovely. Uh, that I, must get on, I, must, I, must, I must get on to Chapman to bring me back a can of it. Uh, be, 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 a nice, be a nice little souvenir for the um, for the, the FFP studio. Uh, I think it would be a very interesting one, but I think you see this. This is what we should be working towards, Kennedy. We should be working towards having a little, a little, um, you know, the, 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 what's it like? Uh, who does it? Does, does Joe Rogan have it? Where he has all these little souvenirs all over his desk? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. His, it lo- yeah. It looks it looks really cool on the uh, on the old video footage. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got my old Winksy hat. I'll be wearing. Jeez, oh, I must find that and dig it out for. Uh, I've got it. it. I've got mine. Oh, I've got, oh, I've got it. I've got it right here. Yeah. There we go. I've got my old Winksy hat ready for for Saturday morning. Um, oh, I'll yes. be very much wearing it from an ironic perspective, as I do a reverse <laughs> forecast on Rostropovich and Ben Battle. <laughs> and then when it comes off, I'll be like, <laughs> Jesus, what, what would that pay on the Aussie toad? I'd say I'll definitely be off to Dubai then. Yeah, be off to the moon, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Myself and Branson, straight to the moon <laughs> and back. Uh, right, that's it. I'll talk to you again on Monday, my friend. Good luck. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Winks, is she the best in the world? 
Or is she gonna get duffed? I'll tell you one thing. US Navy flag will win. And so will Moonracer. Talk to you soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.